I want you to imagine with me for a minute that you don't have to take your lesson planning materials home with you on the weekend. Gone are the days of Sunday afternoon prepping for lessons for the upcoming week, or maybe you're one of those teachers that plans just one or two days ahead so you never feel on top of your lesson plans. In this podcast, I'm breaking down your most asked questions about lesson planning, ways to save time with lesson planning, how to organize all your materials, tips for staying on track with your kids, and what the purpose of a year at a glance is. Let's get started. Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Hey y'all, and welcome to episode number 87. Lesson planning is something that I'm super passionate about because we can spend so much time on it. And then honestly, a lot of it just goes to waste because we get behind or the kids take too long to complete an activity and it totally messes up our plans for the rest of the week, right? Since we're talking about lesson planning today and ways to save time by creating a lesson planning workflow, I want to make sure you know about the 10 Productivity Tips download. This is a free download. It's available to you whenever you sign up at the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash time. Once you do that, once you sign up, it'll come straight to your inbox. Open it up, download it, and you're going to get access to 10 time-saving tips that are going to help you manage your time at school more efficiently so you can instead spend time doing the things that you love outside of school. Inside the Organized Teacher Framework course, which is opening up in just a couple of weeks, I teach teachers how to manage their time. In fact, there's a whole module. It's got, I think, six or seven lessons on prioritizing yourself and managing your time better. So if you want a little sneak peek at what is inside the Organized Teacher Framework, then be sure to download that time management free resource that I just mentioned, the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash time. But if you're not interested in signing up for the time management freebie and you want to know all about the launch of the framework, then make sure you're on my email list because those people are going to get first access to sign up for the course. They're going to get access to the bonuses that I'm offering as soon as it launches. It's happening December 9th. So head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash email if you just want to jump on my email list to get in on all that information. But for now, let's talk about one major way you can save time, and that's a lesson planning workflow. Here we go. Like I said at the top of this podcast, I'm really passionate about lesson planning. So if you've known me or been around any length of time, you know I can get on my soapbox about things sometimes. So of course, I'm going to get on my soapbox about lesson planning. There's two things that I want to address with lesson planning. So first is that lesson planning and calendaring are different. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we equate lesson planning as figuring out what we're going to teach and when we're going to teach it. That is calendaring. That is taking the things that you need to teach and deciding what days you're going to teach it in what order, what materials you're going to need. That is calendaring. Lesson planning is where you are actually looking at the standards and figuring out what ways can you get that information across to your students. The second thing that I want to talk about is my number one rule for lesson planning, and that is that you do not leave Friday afternoon until you have all of your materials ready for the upcoming week. Here's why. When I was in the classroom, I worked with a teacher who told me at one point in her teaching career 
like while we were teaching together, that she was spending 14 hours a week lesson planning. And I just looked at her and I was like, that is crazy. There is no reason you should be spending that much time. We figured out what was happening is that this teacher was, her planning routine was essentially getting to school early and prepping for that day that morning. So she had a general direction of where she was going each day because our our team had a lesson plan or a calendar of, you know, what we were talking about. But actually getting her materials ready, figuring out specifics, all that kind of stuff, she was figuring out each morning. And of course, that is on top of all of the daily tasks that go along with being a teacher, right? Checking email, filing paperwork, RTI meetings, meeting with parents, you know all the things that you have to deal with in the classroom. So that is why my number one rule for planning is try your hardest to not leave Friday afternoon without having everything ready for the upcoming week. We'll get to a caveat in just a second, but I just wanna start out with lesson planning and calendaring are different and don't leave Friday without having everything ready to go for the upcoming week. Okay, so with that, let's talk about the lesson planning materials that you need. Obviously, you need a lesson planner of some sort, whether it's a digital or a paper one. I'm a paper one. Inside the show notes for this week's episode, I link to the one I used that I got off TPT that was like digital, but I could print it off and write on it. And then also Erin Condren, which are my favorite teacher planners that I have used. So you need a lesson planner. You need your unit planning documents. And what I mean by this is remember when I just said lesson planning and calendaring are different, your lesson planner is where you're writing out your calendaring. Your unit planning documents either come from your district or they come from your team. Inside this week's show notes, I've got a picture of the unit planning document that our team used, but essentially it was a grid and on the top it had like what subject, what unit, how long it took, and then just a brief outline of the week. So week one, we're covering these two topics. Week two, we're covering this topic. Week three, we're covering this topic and assessing. That was it. I mean, just like very, very general outline of where we're going. And then our, the lesson plans were not divided up so much in what are we doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but what are all of the standards for this specific unit that we need to cover? So we took this unit planning guide and like I said, it had the top information like overview, what are we doing? And then it had a grid on the bottom and it was divided into five columns. So the standard, the unit vocabulary, the whole group lesson ideas, small group lesson ideas, and resources. Again, picture on the website if you need it. And basically what we would do is we would write down each standard. And sometimes for a unit, there were only two or three standards that we would cover, which was always nice, right? (laughs) And then for each of those standards, we would identify the vocabulary that the kids needed to know. Then we would share whole group lesson ideas and we would just bullet point them out inside this column. This was the biggest column on the grid because here's what was happening. A lot of teams, I know this is what our team did and I know a lot of teams do this, is you sit down and you decide, okay, we're covering this topic in two weeks. On Monday, you're gonna do this lesson. On Tuesday, we're gonna do this lesson. On Wednesday, this and so on and so forth for the whole week. And then you get those lessons for that subject and you take them back to your classroom and you decide, "Mm, I don't want to do that activity on Monday. I found this really cool thing on TPT that I want to do instead. Or I saw this teacher on Pinterest did this, so I'm going to swap out this lesson for this. And then the week comes that you teach the lesson and you walk out to the teacher next door and she's got this like way super interactive cool thing that she's doing and you're doing something different and wait, like we all spent time planning together what is happening. So that is why our team, 
decided to use this unit planning guide where we would list out all of our lesson ideas. So everybody would share for this one standard, we would have probably six, seven, eight different ways of how you could teach something because we had six or seven teachers and everybody's got one or two different ideas. We would list out all of those ideas in the whole group lesson idea column and then it was up to the teacher to decide which lesson they wanted to do and how, and when they wanted to do it on their calendar. So we're talking about materials that you need for lesson planning. You need your planner, you need your unit planning documents, a notepad of some sort. I love the sticky ones that they're like not just a sticky note, but they are a pad that is sticky. Your teaching resources, so think about Teachers Pay Teachers is uh, opened up on your computer. Pinterest is pulled up if you want to use that. Your computer files for that topic. Uh, any books that you have. I use my Kagan Balanced Literacy book all the time, all of my Kagan books all the time. So those things were really close and accessible to me. And then a place to house materials, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the episode. Quick recap of your materials, lesson planner, unit planning documents, a notepad, and your teaching resources, and then a place to house your materials. And then finally, if you can, I didn't list this in the materials because not every teacher is going to have one of these, but if you can, I would encourage you to create a YAG, a year at a glance, or a curriculum map. They are the same thing, but it's basically a document that maps out your whole year ahead of time. It isn't the end-all, be-all to your lesson planning, but it's your framework that takes all of that figuring out what to teach when. It takes it out of the equation. Ideally, you'll create a year at a glance over the summer before the school year starts, or if you want, honestly, you could start right now. And this is releasing in, I think, yeah, November of 2020. So middle of the school year, if you want to just create this template now and then fill it out as you're going through the year, what topics, what things you're covering each week. So that way you have a starting place for your year at a glance next year, then you can do that. But students inside the framework course have access to this template and I show you how to create this year at a glance. And the purpose of it is essentially to take that figuring out work that whenever it comes time to sitting down with your team or sitting down on your own to lesson plan, however you lesson plan, you don't need to figure out what things you're going to cover because you've already mapped it out for the whole year and you've already ensured that you are covering all the standards. On my website, I've got a video where I talk you through the year at a glance. So if you want to just head to the this week's show notes or you can go to simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash curriculum dash mapping, but I think it's just easier to go to the website, right? Or to the show notes. But you can watch that video and I talk through some of the things that you want to make sure that you have in your year at a glance. Hey guys, I want to take a quick second to interrupt this episode. It's the middle of the year when this podcast drops into your podcast queue. Are you already counting down the days to your holiday break? This time of year is a crazy, stressful, and hectic time, but it's also a great time to start looking at your systems, your processes, and your routines and evaluating them on what's working in your classroom and what's not. And it's okay to change things mid-year. In fact, it's actually a really great way to try something new with your kids that you wanna do in the following year, like the next school year, but you already have an established relationship with these kids, this is a great time to try new things. Maybe right now you're feeling like you spend way too much time in your classroom and you don't have a lot to show for it. Or maybe classroom organization is something that you just don't have the brain capacity for right now to figure out where to even start with getting organized. Or maybe you're feeling frustrated by all the work that you're taking home with you after you spend a whole day working. 
Or you're one of those teachers who got super organized for this school year and then just a few weeks into the year, it all went out the window. I want you to know about the Organized Teacher Framework. In just a couple weeks, I'm opening up the Organized Teacher Framework again. This course was created out of what you have asked for. I've gone to my email list, I've gone to my social media, I've asked you what you are struggling with right now. And these are some of the things that I hear from y'all. Keeping students' attention, staying organized, staying consistent with routines and procedures, new teachers getting their very first job in January in the middle of the school year, staying motivated. And y'all, I cannot tell you how many times I heard papers being the most stressful thing. It's too many to count. But every one of these things is being addressed inside the Organized Teacher Framework. We're gonna talk about time management, how you can utilize your time at school more efficiently. We're gonna talk about classroom management, differentiation, consistency, and focus and what pieces you need in your classroom management plan, even in the middle of the year. Of course, classroom organization is going to be in there. We're gonna talk about how to create systems that are gonna work even in the middle of the year. And I'm gonna be throwing in some bonuses that are specific to this time of year. We're gonna talk about how to handle returning from break because first year teachers out there, if nobody's told you yet, I'm telling you now, the second, the beginning of the second semester is a lot like the beginning of the first semester. You can get all the information for the Organized Teacher Framework by heading to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. I'm gonna to link to it there. You can also make sure that you're on my email list, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash email to get all of the information straight to your inbox whenever it launches on December 9th. I hope to see you inside the course. Now back to the show. All right, so now let's talk about the steps to lesson planning. So we talked about the things that you need, how to prepare for lesson planning. Now let's go through the actual steps. Remember when I said at the very beginning, don't leave Friday without your plans done for the upcoming week? This is how we're gonna do that. If you want to see all of this in action on video, you can head to this week's show notes. I've got a video that I created. It's old school, so be kind when you watch it because, I mean, I did this when I was still in the classroom. So my on-camera skills are lacking, but if you're a visual person and you wanna watch me, I basically video myself lesson planning and talk through what I'm doing. So the first thing you need to do is you need to pick a lesson planning day. For me, this was Wednesdays and Thursdays. Whatever's gonna work for you is fine, but I would spend my time, usually Wednesdays was conference stuff during my conference time and my after school time, there were meetings, but if not, I would use it to lesson plan. Otherwise Thursday during my conference time and after school, I solely focused on lesson planning. And these are the steps that I would go through. Number one, I would write down all of the crucial steps. So think about things like library, computer time, assemblies. What are things that are non-negotiables that are on your schedule either every week, or you know, they're going to be showing up on the schedule next week, which I don't think I mentioned this, but I would plan Wednesday or whichever day, Wednesday or Thursday for the upcoming week. I wasn't two weeks ahead. I was just typically one week ahead. Once you get all of those non-negotiables written in, then you're going to go in and you're going to start filling out your week subject by subject. I always started with my morning work activity. So this was like step two in my workflow because those were pretty consistent. Like every Monday I did this, every Tuesday I did this, every Wednesday I did this. So I would just go in and jot those things down um, with whatever, like if it was Monday, we were writing about something, I would write down what the topic is that I wanted to do. Cause that would change throughout the week. But the task that they were doing was consistent. Step three, you're going subject by subject and planning out the whole week. If you are a brand new teacher, this is going to, you're going to need this to be more in depth. You're going to need more information on what you're going to be teaching. 
when you've been teaching the same grade for even just a few months or a year or two, these can be a lot more shorthanded. You can use a lot more just like quick, you know, notes to jog your memory about what it is you're going to do. When I was lesson planning, my notes were not super extensive. I knew where I was going with the lesson, but I didn't always write out all the questions or the specifics of what I was going to do because by the time that I worked through this workflow or figured out this workflow, I had been teaching long enough to be able to kind of pull that stuff, like to know the ways that I wanted to ask questions. But if I wanted to be really intentional about something, I would write it down. Otherwise, this was just a really quick shorthand of like whole group. We're going to review this and then we're going to read this book independent work, they're going to do this activity, and then they're going to go to small group and this just bullet point jotting down. So first, we wrote all the crucial stuff, then we planned out subject by subject for the whole upcoming week. Next step is once all of your lesson plans are planned out, and you know what you're teaching and when you're teaching it, I guess I should say once all of your plans are calendared out, uh, then you want to take this notepad that I talked about. And how I would do this is I would go down my plans. I usually went day by day. So I would look at the Monday column and everything that I needed, every little material that I needed for every single lesson, I would write it down. So if I needed to make a PowerPoint, I would list that. If I needed to make copies, I would write that. If I needed to print something off of Teachers Pay Teachers, I would do that. I would write the exact pages I needed. So if it was like a full um, bundle of things that I bought, you know, a hundred page bundle, I would write down, okay, I need from this bundle, I need pages 36 and 37, and I need 22 copies of them. I would write down literally everything that I needed. I would go through each day and I put it, I said, I liked the sticky notepad because then I could just take it off and stick it on that week's plans. So that all happened on Thursday. I took my plans from the team because we had planned at another time. I took my plans from the team. I calendared out what I was going to do. And then I wrote down the materials that I needed. Those were the steps that I went through typically on Wednesday and or Thursday. Then on Friday, I would come in and all that I had planned to do during conference and after school on Friday was actually prep those materials. So that's when this sticky note came in really handy because I could just pick it up, take it to the copy room with me or wherever I needed to go. I would also create anchor charts on Friday. So this is how I created and maintained that rule of not leaving Friday afternoon until everything was ready for the upcoming week. But remember I said there would be a a caveat. That is, is that how you even say that? I don't know. But, But that is that sometimes weeks are crazy, right? And you, like, there were times where I either had plans on Friday afternoon, or let's be honest, somebody suggested happy hour, and I decided that that was way better use of my time than going, or than staying and working. So my, like, real, real rule is that I would not leave, that sounded weird, my real, real rule was that I would not leave Friday without at least Monday materials prepped and ready to go. Sometimes I wouldn't get everything for the upcoming week prepped. I would have it planned. I would have it written out, but I would only get Monday stuff prepped. So that way, because that could usually take me just 10 or 15 minutes. And then on Monday, I could spend my conference or after school time prepping for the rest of the week. But honestly, y'all, from my experience, Friday afternoons is the best time to stay 
late and work at school because everybody leaves on time and you get the copier to yourself. It's quiet. You don't have people coming in and bothering you. So sometimes I would stay on Friday till four or four 30. So that way I could get everything ready in peace and quiet. Then once all my materials were ready, they were prepped for the upcoming week. It was time to organize them. My favorite way of organizing my materials were my lesson plan material drawers. These were essentially a set of three plastic drawers. I had two of them for a total of six drawers, one for each day of the week. And within each drawer were folders for each of the subjects that I taught. And then the last drawer, of course, like only five days a week, there was a sixth drawer. That was where I put leftover stuff, stuff that I was behind on. You know, if on Monday something happened and we didn't get to that activity, I would either take it out and move it to Tuesday if I could rearrange things, or I would put it in that extra drawer for me to look through whenever I was getting ready for the next week's plans. But those folders inside the drawers, there was one for math, there was one for reading and writing, and then I had one that was like, I think I called it like take home or whatever, and this one would go, like it would just move from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, and it... um was where I would put whatever materials needed to go home in their take-home folders, you know, that come from the office or whatever. If you want to see a picture of these drawers, see how I organize them, I've got a video about it and a whole blog post about how to uh, organize it. There's a lot of links that I'm talking about in today's episode. So if there's anything that you want to see, I probably have a video or at least a picture of it. So just look at wherever on your podcast catcher Um, show notes are. Usually you scroll up or scroll to the left or right or whatever. All the links will be in there. If they aren't in there, then just click on the link for this week's episode because all of the links will be there and probably then some more. And I I write all this out in that post if you want to read or um, pen it or save it for later to come back and look at. So let me review really quick the steps. You're going to write in all the crucial stuff. You're going to go subject by subject and plan out the whole week. And then you are going to write out the materials you need for each lesson. All of this is happening ideally on one day, Wednesday or Thursday. Then on Friday, you're coming in and you're completing the final step, which is creating all of the materials, all of the anchor charts, printing off, making copies, whatever, and then organizing it inside whatever mechanism you're using, whether it's drawers or you want to use one of those hanging um, file, like the hanging things that uh, you can put folders inside of, whatever's going to work for you, you want to organize them so that way they are ready to go Monday morning. And then finally, let's talk about what teachers ask about all the time, and that's how to stay on track with your lesson plans, because it is inevitable that something is going to come up during the week that is going to mess up your plans for the week, right? And how do I either make that up or adjust? I've got a whole lesson on this topic in the organized teacher framework because it's such a big source of contention with teachers, which I get because it's frustrating. Here's a few tips. First, you've got to use timers for yourself and for your kids. And this kind of goes with the next one, which is just move on. I know, I know that this is hard, but you have to train yourself. You have to train your kids how to do it because when I first started teaching, I was self-contained. So I really had the freedom to decide, oh, we're running behind on this lesson. Well, let's just take 10 more minutes and 10 more minutes and 10 more minutes. My kids became used to that. They knew that if they didn't finish in time, I would just give them more time. 
So you have to train yourself with timers to train your kids that you're going to hold them accountable. If you have 30 minutes to complete this and the class hasn't completed it, we're moving on. Of course, there are, you know, there are circumstances where the kids really don't get it and you've got to go back and reteach. That is something different. But I'm talking about the like, yeah, I'm just taking my time, whatever, and the kids are procrastinating or are talking too much or whatever. My other tip is to plan, and I think I only started doing this like my last year of teaching, which annoyed me that I didn't figure it out sooner, but hopefully it will help you. I ended up planning only for four days a week instead of five because in my in my school and I was inside the dual language program, which meant I split kids with another teacher and we had a lot of campus expectations of like, well, not a lot, but one of them was we had to do this monthly or weekly meeting Um it was kind of like a class meeting, but there was a curriculum we were going through. I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called, but one of those like seven habits of whatever, you know what I'm talking about. We would have to do that each week and then I would have computer and then we would have assemblies like way more often than we needed to. And so it was almost weekly that something was cut, like interfering with my plans or with my schedule that caused us to not get work done. So I finally just started only planning for four days a week. Because that fifth day, Friday, was going, like, I was going to be doing something from earlier on in the week anyway, so why take the time to plan a lesson for Friday when I knew that Wednesday was going to get cut short because we had a computer, we would make that up on Wednesday, uh, or on Friday. So like I said, there's a whole lesson inside the framework course if you want more information on that. Um, If you're a student inside the course already, you can get all those tips there. But really, I know it's hard, but you just have to... Teach yourself and train your kids to move on. So remember, lesson planning and calendaring are different. And you want to leave Friday with everything ready for the upcoming week. If you want to save time with lesson planning, then you've got to make sure you have a planning workflow outlined, just like we talked about in this episode today. Get a year at a glance or a map. Choose which days you're going to calendar out your lessons and then what days you're going to prep your materials. And then go through these steps that we talked about of having all your materials ready, going through writing out your lesson plans, and then prepping them all Friday before you leave. If you still find yourself spending way too much time at school or bringing work home on the weekends and you want to put an end to that, then be sure to check out the time management freebie at the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash time. Once you download it, you're going to get access to 10 productivity tips that are going to help you manage your time better. Plus, inside that resource are links to all other TSOT resources on managing time, so be sure to download it. Simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash time. Also, the Organized Teacher Framework, y'all, it's opening up in just two weeks. So be sure that you're on my email list so you can get first access to joining the course and get all of the bonuses. There are going to be some fast action bonuses that you can get when you join the course as soon as it launches. So be sure that you're on my email list so you can get access to all of that. I hope these lesson planning tips are helpful for you. Shoot me an email. Let me know how it's going. I love to hear from y'all. I love to support y'all in any way that I can. I hope you have a great week. I'll see you back here next week to talk about behavior management at this time of the year. Until then, stay safe and stay healthy. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful to have you share it over on social media and tag me at the Simply Organized Teacher. Or you can head to wherever you are listening to this podcast right now and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This episode was edited by the team over at Podcastology. 
Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, classroom organization resources, and all of the courses can be found over on my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Make sure to join my email list and get weekly organization tips straight to your inbox by heading to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash email. Y'all have a great week.